0: Oh, are you recording now? I am recording, yeah. Um as soon as you said you had like a COVID cough, I'm like, oh I got oh come on, start, start, start. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that will come up again.
1: (laughs) There it goes. (laughs) There it is. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. And I'm Michael. And this is the Endurance Innovation Podcast.
0: So, Andrew, why uh, why CrossFit? What's um, I know you have a history pre triathlon and during triathlon, maybe of uh, of strength training, but uh, what led you to CrossFit?
1: So the the reason I got into CrossFit was uh, it was actually a friend who had recommended that I try it out. <coughs>
0: and that's the result, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, oh. this is what CrossFit does to
1: you. Not COVID, <laughs> um, but a friend had recommended that I try it out, and. Uh, It was interesting for for me because there's some component of endurance to it. There's a lot of, I would say, very heavy VO2 max usage where you're just struggling to get the oxygen because you're pushing your muscles to the limit. Totally. Um, So from that point of things, I thought it was good cross-training. And I've always believed in some amount of cross-training and strength being able to… Provide an additional ability for for endurance sports. So there's um, arguments I've seen about increased uh, calf sti- stiffness and more energy recovery when you're running. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> obviously, having the ability to sprint becomes easier when you've got more muscles available for recruitment. So building a little bit of muscle mass might offset the. Um, the extra weight that you're carrying around. But as we've discussed many times, the um, the weight is less of a concern than the aerodynamic impact. Um, and I haven't been going long enough to make an aerodynamic impact. So <laughs> that was me back in 2014. Um, I can dig up a picture. It's actually pretty funny. Um, I can dig up a picture and we can post it on the show notes, but it was me yeah, doing sure. one of my first triathlons. I, I think I weighed about 200 pounds then. Um, and I was notably more muscular than I am now, so it was hard to go up and downstairs uh, just because of that extra weight. But um, it is, yeah, it was nice for other things. But I found that a lot of friends would often call on me for helping them move or
0: moving heavy objects. <laughs> so did you did, did a lot of grandmothers ask you to open pickle jars? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! Um, no. <laughs>
1: unfortunately, no no pickle jar openings. Um, that okay. was still still not something I excelled at. So maybe in the future I'll work on.
0: <laughs> Going to work on grip. Yeah. Um, so uh, so then how how long have you been doing CrossFit in your in this you know recent. Incarnation. Well, I started it up in September, and
1: okay. um this was so part of it was honestly just a lack of motivation for triathlon training. So I, yep. I everyone's going through ebbs and flows right now. Um loud so, and clear. Yeah. And yeah, just talking with you off the air. I know you've been having your own struggles with just the amount of time you've had, had available and like the child care has been a big component. Um, and everyone is going through this. And there is a mental health aspect, there is a physical health aspect. But I, I just needed a different training stimulus, and sometimes you just totally. got to switch it up. So for me, this was a perfect opportunity to try it out because I knew that – or had very high confidence that all of my races would be canceled for the rest of the year. And that was specifically – Ironman Arizona was the one I was waiting for, and they actually did allow me to defer as of two or three days ago. Um, oh, good. So that one, I had to put it in as a travel restriction-based referral, but I'm glad – that they did that because eh, there was a part of me thinking that Iron Man would say, "Well, too bad. <laughs> it's your responsibility to get here." Um, so, so I,
0: the race is the race on In Arizona. They're racing it.
1: Technically, it's still on, but I suspect it'll be canceled. It's it's kind of irresponsible to hold a race, but I know that I just got an email from because um, I well attempted to do Iron Man Mexico, uh, Iron Man Cosmel last year. And I got an email from them trying to recruit me again for this year, and I think it's November twenty second is when they're holding the race. Right. And they said after a successful seventy point three Cosmel, they're looking at holding the the full distance. Um, to huh. me, it seems kind of rushed. I know there was one in Estonia. It was somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah,
0: well, there there have been races. Yeah, in uh, Estonia was I, I saw I saw photos of Estonia. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I've heard that New Zealand is also going kind of back to their their status quo, but again, no international visitor. Yeah. I think that's totally the right call because New Zealand and Australia they've got the advantage that they're islands, but they've also done a very good job at containing the spread
0: and well, New Zealand more so, but yeah Australia, yeah, is, yeah, Australia is there too now. Yeah. So then with those races canceled, you're thinking I'm kind of apathetic when, in terms of swim, bike, run, let's, uh, let me do some, uh, some CrossFit. Is that right? Yeah, it was more or less that
1: it was just a different training stimulus. It's something I'd heard a lot about and it actually turned out that there was a CrossFit gym right next to the four Eyes office. <clears throat> and I'd never once, explored it looked into it i just kind of dismissed it and said oh this is something i'm not really interested in but with the uh the recommendation of a friend i i decided to give it a try and um and it was going in there um i was super intimidated i was worried about all these like ultra fit people who would be (laughs) laughing at me and kicking sand in my face (laughs) Um, I'm just kind of imagining the, the geek on a beach with a muscly (laughs) guy,
0: but, uh, yeah. You used to be that muscly guy. So it's not like you're completely, you know. Uh, completely in a in a foreign place.
1: Yeah, yeah. 20, 25 kilograms ago, I used to be that guy, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not there anymore. So there was definitely a level of intimidation. And I thought, I'm going to be so outclassed here. And it's just going to be awkward and difficult. But I was really impressed, actually, with the community of people. And I've only been to the one gym, but um, I would suspect it's a fairly similar community where it's just really encouraging and welcoming, like people just want to see you get involved with their sport and it's not dissimilar to triathlon where whenever i see a new person at a triathlon who's struggling with something or they need a bike pump or they forgot something for their transition area like i'll try and help them out when i can yeah and it's very much the same thing with crossfit so all this fear of this intimidating um, just this intimidating kind of uh, place this gym that uh, that i'd be going to it wasn't at all the case Um, there was certainly a huge learning curve with the, the first couple workouts. Um, and I'd done an introductory class, but the, the first workout had like overhead squats or something, which I'd never in my life done before and was probably one of the most awkward things I've ever, (laughs) ever attempted. Um, you need some good
0: thoracic and shoulder mobility to do that properly. Oh yeah. That was properly.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, not pretty, but, uh, but I got through it. Um, and it brought back a feeling, and this is going to sound very uh, nostalgic, but um, it brought back a feeling I haven't felt for a long time, and that is the total body immobility that comes after a hard workout. <laughs> so yep, yep. it's it's been so long since my, <clears throat> my quads or my hamstrings or my chest, well, I say or, but end, um, <laughs> all of these things basically just stopped working all at the same time. And for a day or two, I was just useless or more useless than normal uh but yeah it was it was actually kind of a nice feeling and then getting back into it um i was noticing that i was you know looking a bit healthier because i'd probably been a little bit underweight just because of the focus on endurance sports and you know the lack of motivation and that had definitely had an impact on me so it was a combination of not eating enough i think the switch to the vegetarian diet as well so mm-hmm. all these things were kind of happening at the same time but getting back into it and i noticed okay i'm not bulking up but i was starting to gain a little bit more muscle mass uh, and I was starting to feel better and stronger. And then the workouts weren't hurting as much and it was more fun to go to. And then I really, really loved when we'd start out a workout with a run because it was like, yeah. yes, I get to I do know, something I know how I'm going to. Gonna. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so the disadvantage is when you get back into the gym, you're the first one doing the exercise. So the uh, the coach is there staring at you. And it's yeah. like every little challenge I had with form um uh, that was, uh, immediately obvious to them. Um, because I'm the that's only thing who, you that want that, at. right? Like that's, oh, yeah. you know,
0: you want, you want that improvement and that feedback. No, it just feels like you're under a microscope though, which is yeah.
1: maybe that's my own, um, lack of self-confidence that was coming through there. But, uh, it was, it was kind of a funny feeling. It wasn't bad by any means, but it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was just one of those things that you notice. Um, but I really enjoyed doing the runs and then it's kind of a, it's not a terrible feeling. Like you get, you get used to the quick recovery off the bike um, with a typical triathlon training regimen mm-hmm. and Early. and that need to run almost Im- well immediately. Um, it's a very similar feeling to the muscle activation when you finish a run and you need to all of a sudden do squats like that's not something that usually goes together and for me, that was kind of it was neat because not only am I getting this great cardiovascular workout where I'm keeping my heart rate elevated the whole time, but it's also, okay, how quickly can I recover from one type of workout and do something totally different that recruits most other parts in the body? Um, mm-hmm. so I think there were, yeah, there were a lot of really interesting benefits with, uh, with taking it on. But the, the one thing that I was concerned about was just, okay, we're cramming a ton of potential uh, potential knowledge, um, or years worth of form and training into a span of maybe one or two classes. So wow. how high is the potential for injury and how bad is the form when people start to get tired?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, ooh, uh, I'm going to, I want to ask you a couple more questions and then I'll weigh in with my, my thoughts on, on CrossFit in terms of like mm-hmm. its utility with, for, for endurance training. So let me ask you this. Um, how often are you going? How many days a week? I've kept it to about two, um, partially because I didn't want to start out too hard and hurt
1: myself. Right, Um, And then I I took a little bit off uh, just because COVID was starting to ramp up again. And I thought, okay, I need to be cautious. It's continuing to ramp up, but I'm also at the point where uh, for mental health, I just need to get out. This is my only reason to go out of the house, uh, aside from going grocery shopping. So there's the mental health aspect, but I'm trying to be super cautious about how much exposure i'm getting Mm -hmm. so limiting it to classes that have fewer participants being super careful about wiping down all the equipment before and after Um, but you're still exposing yourself a lot more than you would normally be so it's definitely that's on my mind but it's also um, it's a balance of my own social interaction social well-being versus the the physical health that could come from contracting the virus so it's Sure. Yeah. It's, it's a tough balance and, and it could be a different answer for every person. They'll have different levels of risk tolerance and, um, willingness to take on something like this, but it's, I've, I've landed, I think in a place that I'm for now reasonably comfortable with. Um, the other advantage is Cochrane where I've been doing the workouts, uh, is pretty, pretty low for the COVID cases compared to Calgary. So if that starts to ramp up, I'm going to reconsider my decision. But for now, I think there's only seven active cases.
0: That's not bad. <clears throat>
1: so Cochrane is pretty. Yeah, it's like seven active cases out of thirty thousand people. So it's not not particularly high.
0: Yeah, I mean that's an important consideration when you're deciding what what you're doing is kind of like the local caseload for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so on top of these two um, two crossfit classes a week, what's your swim bike run uh, schedule approximately? These days,
1: um, mostly I've just been filling in where I can. Um, lately, again with the lack of motivation, I took a couple of weeks off, and then I've just been trying to ramp it up. So I'm trying to do a workout almost every day, whether it's uh, whether it's a CrossFit workout or whether it's a dedicated uh, run or bike workout. But, um, that lack of motivation, like that's been pretty recent, but previously when I was doing it, I would do maybe a 10 K run at lunch and then do a CrossFit workout later. Mm. So I was able to do that without too much trouble. Um, so that was being in that kind of shape was, was nice, but I'm, it's degraded since then (laughs) I've gone downhill a little bit. Cool.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, there's, there's so many, so many reasons to be doing what you're doing, right. From, you know, the, the mental health component of it. And then obviously, uh, we've talked about this a little bit on the show, but we should uh, we should probably devote a show to this. Um, kind of the role of strength training in endurance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think that's one that we should, uh, and I think I have a very good guest in mind actually. But um, I've talked about it very kind of tangentially, and I and I think listeners, you guys know that uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of strength training for endurance. Um, and there's a lot of value from both performance and, and injury prevention, you know, um, you, through strength training, you build more resilient tissues, right? So you get your, um, you're less susceptible to soft tissue injuries, which are kind of the common overuse injuries that we see in, um, endurance sports and, uh, Andrew mentioned this earlier about um, you know improving the stiffness of the uh, the connective tissues and the muscles, especially of the lower leg, being very, you know correlated to uh, improved running efficiency. Um, and there's there's some good evidence to suggest that that is the case. Uh, we talked a little bit about this with um, with Steve Palladino when he was on talking about running power, um, and certainly you know some strength training can can do that for you. So I'm a big fan of, uh, of strength training for triathletes, but I'm going to, you know, this is the hot take right now. <laughs> I am not a fan of CrossFit. And <laughs> um, I'll, uh, I'll kind of, uh, purely from like a coaching and uh, a and, um, triathlon training perspective, I think there's probably a time and a place in your season where you can, you can get away with it um, and uh, you can get some utility out of it. And there is, you know, the community part of it is great because I've I've been involved with a couple of boxes and I I can definitely second that. It's super they're super fun classes to attend, um, but there are kind of three reasons why I'm not a huge fan of CrossFit being the mainstay strength training for endurance athletes. Um, and then you know, Andrew and I, you and I can kind of go back and forth on this stuff if you yeah. Will.
1: And you've you've mentioned that you had reservations in the past, but we've never actually gotten into the details of it. So this is yeah. Um, this is going to be my natural reaction to to whatever you're about to say.
0: <laughs> so, uh, one of the things you, po- you pointed it out yourself, um, and that's safety. For those of you guys who are listening who've been to CrossFit, you know what it's all about. But for those people who haven't, um, generally a CrossFit class, the format of a CrossFit class is you'll do some uh, you'll do some warm-up mobility which is great for everybody at any shape in life or any stage of life or training I'm a big fan of that uh, then you'll do some some targeted strength training usually which is um, you know the, the point of that component of the of the session is to improve maximal strength typically um, and you might do some testing in there and I'm still very much on board and if kind of the crossfit class ended there then i would be i would i would be singing their praises from the rooftops um, but it's the last component of of most crossfit classes the workout of the day or the wad that's where i get that's where i have issues um so the workout of the day is usually some kind of circuit um and it's done there's there's a bunch of different formats which you don't you know we won't go to but generally you're trying to complete uh either a certain number of sets and reps and you're you're being timed or the other version of the the other common version is you're trying to complete, uh, you've got a certain amount of time to complete a certain maximal number of, of mm-hmm. reps, like a AMRAP style, as many reps as possible. And so um, regardless, the point of this is to do as much work in this, you know a certain amount of time as possible. That's, that's the stated goal. And, um, and that leads to problems. Because as as much as I'd like to think that we're all you know intelligent human beings and uh, concerned with our own safety, when you put a carrot like that in front of somebody and you put them in a room full of other people doing the same thing and, and trying to trying to win, it's essentially a race, right? So you take a triathlete, you put them in a race. Nine out of ten of those triathletes are going to try to win that race, or at least do their do their do their very best to you know to post the best time possible. And um, as Andrew was talking about. Uh, you know having to learn overhead squats an overhead squat is a tiff, is is a fairly advanced movement right never mind so first of all just a standard back squat i've seen all sorts of horrific forms on back squats. And now instead of having that bar on your shoulders or on your traps, now you've got it way up in the air in a locked out kind of wide grip. And you're doing a squat with that. And sure, if you have a good uh, coach, um, CrossFit instructor, they'll tell you not to load it until you can really do it very well. And there are some very, very good coaches out there. Um, But even people who can sort of do it when they're well rested, at the end of like, I don't know, a 10 or 12 minute AMRAP, you're probably pretty cooked. And so being able to support that load while not, you know, hurting yourself is is a bit of a mission. So there is definitely a high probability of injury when you mix um competition with very high fatigue, um neuromuscular and metabolic um and technical movements. So this is my like my do not you know in my own coaching is is something that I would never ever ever ask people to do because the risk versus reward ratio is just completely out to lunch like it's very high risk and there's no reward to it other than the reward of having your name with the highest number of reps on the board <laughs> at, at your local box and like being on their on their wall of fame which is is i think uh like a very very negative kind of motivator <laughs> so this is my that's my that's my strong strong opinion on on the safety of it um so, uh, yeah, and you pointed it out yourself, Andrew. And the, the, the other thing you said is that, you know, you've never done an overhead squad or it's maybe been, maybe I misunderstood, maybe it's been many years since you've done an overhead squad and now you're doing them for reps. And that's just, that to me, as a, as a strength coach, that's just nuts because you take this complicated movement and on top of those other three, three things I said, like um, uh, fatigue, um, technical movement and competition, now you're adding lack of experience for some people and that's, you know, mm-hmm. That's like four factors that I'm cranky about.
1: So that was that was definitely all of those points were going through my mind as I was doing it. <clears throat> so I I did go the route of under specing the weight. Like I could have squatted more. Um, but I'm glad I didn't because of yeah. all those factors. But there's it's it's an interesting dynamic, and I think it's very dependent on what gym you go to. Because some coaches will be encouraging of like they'll come up to you and say I think you should take the weight off because you know you're not holding your form where there's other coaches that say oh you should be doing more weight because you're able to get down deep enough in the squat meanwhile you know you're struggling to actually keep the form they don't recognize that they just see oh you can complete it therefore move up mm-hmm. um so I think having the right coaching environment is a big part of that but totally. also I got thrown in the deep end for sure and it just happened like I've never done them since that first workout it was just that you know the stars aligned the wrong way for me, um, so that was a really sink or swim class. And even afterwards, the coach said, "Like you chose the wrong class to come to for the first time." So
0: <laughs> the the, uh, the the other movement that really like is a is a favorite is uh, of, of of when at least when I was doing CrossFit of um, gyms and boxes is the thruster. And folks, this is a uh, uh, a clean. Uh, no, it's a squat overhead press combo. Uh, and they may be recleaned or not recleaned. It's a front squat overhead press, overhead push press, um, which again is is less technical, I, I, in my opinion, than an overhead squat. But you have you are you have a sometimes a fairly substantial weight overhead, um, and you're if you're doing it for reps again, that's like you know kind of extended spines and like all sorts of ugly things happen when people get tired and are doing trying to do overhead push presses. Well. Yeah, push presses, um, which I am not a huge fan of. But let's put that one to bed. Um, I don't think it's safe. That's my that's my number one beef. So when I was doing CrossFit and the last time I actually did it, and for for all my like poo-pooing of CrossFit, I actually have done it a few times. And, um, and it's because a, a good friend of mine um, owns a box. He's no longer affiliated with CrossFit after all that, um, you know, <laughs> after their, their founder, whose name I forget, yeah, um, came out against. Yeah, against BLM and and said some really stupid stupid shit. And
1: uh, he took the two most sensitive topics in the U.S. at the time, so COVID nineteen and uh, Black Lives Matter, and combined them yeah. into a joke, which is. Anyway, I, I don't know why yeah. you would ever think that was a good idea.
0: Right, and so then a bunch of boxes walked away from from the brand, right? And so one of my friends, um, uh, formerly CrossFit Toronto, um, the original gym, the original box in Toronto, he he uh, just went just walked away from the brand for that reason, and uh, with very, and I think that that made a ton of sense. Uh, but anyway, so he, you know, in when I've, when I've done sessions in his gym, um, there would be times where I would just wouldn't do the, uh, the wad and be like, I, I would say that to myself, like going in, I'm not going to do this wad. I'm going to do the strength piece. And then I'm going to say, wave goodbye to everybody and walk away. And everybody would like, kind of look, look at me funny. Um, because I, you know, either didn't want to get hurt or didn't want to do one of the other things that I'm going to talk about now. The other thing that, that makes me not love again, this, this, uh, workout of the day component, this, this circuit at the end. And this actually applies to not only CrossFit, but any kind of like boot camp or any other kind of circuit training, uh, well, most kinds of circuit training where you're trying to get the intensity really high up is that it tends to be the kind of high intensity interval training. And if you remember the chat from, uh, that we had with Paul Larson, uh, in our, in the early days of the podcast, um, it is the style of high-intensity interval training that tends to drive the glycolytic metabolism. So, Andrew, you were talking about how it, it definitely gets your your heart rate up to VO2 max, and that's probably true, but it keeps it, there for for you know a fairly long period of time and so what you're doing there is you're really stimulating that glycolytic metabolism
1: okay that's a good point so moving the opposite direction of what you want to for endurance generally
0: athletes. for most of us that's exactly right so for most endurance athletes you do and when i when i say endurance athletes i don't mean like you know uh, crit racers and, and and like you know track sprinters obviously and we're talking like long distance at least 20 minutes plus steady state kind of stuff five, five kilometers and longer, those sports are overwhelmingly aerobic, overwhelmingly aerobic. And most of us probably could use to have, you could, again, there's a lot of individual variation, but most athletes in my experience of working with athletes, most athletes have a, probably an overly developed glycolytics engine. Um, and they they maybe should be doing things to, to suppress the glycolytic metabolism and then thereby to, well, at the same time, while at the same time improving the, the aerobic metabolism, this is kind of the, the inside principle. Um, and doing the kind of work that expresses that kind of glycolytic metabolism, in my opinion, is probably not ideal for most triathletes. So that's my other, that's my number two beef with, uh, with, uh, doing circuit training as a whole, but you know, in this case, uh, CrossFit.
1: Yeah, those are those are interesting points, and and a lot to think about there. Um, the the one plus that I will give it is uh, from my standpoint the mental toughness. Um, so there's going to be a lot of psychological effects about pushing yourself to the limit as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I've I know that coming out of races where I know that I couldn't have gone a second faster. That is the best feeling I've ever had following a race, followed almost immediately by the feeling of wanting to to vomit. But um, <laughs> that's, or at least preceded by that feeling for quite a while. But uh, that that feeling, that accomplishment, is phenomenal. Knowing that you can push through a huge mental, a, a mental hurdle, a, a huge amount of pain that you're going through. Um, so for me, that that training is something that you can't really replace easily. Um, the closest thing would be doing VO2 max intervals on the bike, um, or similar kind of intervals uh on the track. Mm-hmm. But uh having that mental toughness and that ability to endure through something that um that seems impossible. Um, I think that just that aspect of it is pretty pretty fun. And the competition is kind of it's it's another factor that uh that gets me going. Cause as as a triathlete, um, most of my training is on my own. So it's just me against myself and having that external competition. Um, even though it does have negative points, like you mentioned, the, the push to outdo your peers, which may not be safe. Um, that's definitely a negative, but it also inspires you to do your best that you can do. Um, so I think there's, it's a, it's a double-edged blade, For sure. but there's, there's some interesting aspects of it as well. But, uh, I take your point about the, the glycolytic, uh, metabolism that maybe that's not the ideal one that we want to be pushing. But, um, I also know that you know, I'm never going to be a professional triathlete. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe I do sacrifice a little bit of the, um, the top end of my performance, but overall, I don't know that it's going to be impacting myself enough that I would be too concerned about it, but yeah, that's a a choice that I think everyone has to make individually as well.
0: Totally. Yeah, for sure. There's, uh, you're absolutely right. There are pros and cons to, to all of this. And at the end of the day, look, you know, most of the people listening to this podcast are better not pros You're not, you know, certainly not, certainly most aren't, um, you're not, you're not earning a living, um, doing this, doing this sport. So, you know, if we're, if we're talking about optimization, like how much you want to optimize your training, um, it's, it's totally up to you and CrossFit is super fun. I totally agree. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, and, at the end of the day, we're all doing this mostly for fun and some kind of satisfaction. So then it's, that's an important consideration, 100%. So I will say one other thing, again, with my, with my coach hat on, my third point (laughs) is that I'm in, the more I kind of, I learn and, and practice in kind of the, the, the this coaching thing, um, the, the less I become a fan of, of the kind of workouts that leave you as a puddle on the floor. So I used to be a huge fan of them, especially when I ran a studio, because it was fun to like break people and, <laughs> and and hurt and you know put the hurt on them and make them suffer. Um, those now that I'm uh, a little bit you know older and wiser, maybe uh, I think that those kind of workouts need to be used very judiciously. Like those kind of workouts that really that really push you to that you know to that ten out of ten on the on the RPE scale. Uh, I really, as a coach, I don't want to see them. You know, maybe more than once a month, um, or once every once every two weeks at most, with people, uh, because the, of the strain that they take on on you. So, for most people, right? So, some people are very good at recovering from them, but most people, um, basically, what ends up happening is you end up sacrificing the quality of the next forty-eight to seventy-two hours, right? Of uh, of training, if not longer. And you got to think to yourself, like, what is, you know, what am I better off doing? Am I better off doing this giant hero workout with a massive, you know, with a big stimulus, training stimulus, and then not being able to do anything for the next three days versus doing kind of like an eight out of 10 workout rather than a 10 out of 10 workout. And then being, being back to be able to do, you know, again, not necessarily quality work, but at least being able to tolerate very well, easy work in within 24 hours right so i'm much more of a fan of the the steady drip 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 rather than the you know the 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 buffet lunch um (laughs) of 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 a massive session like that now i i must say that crossfit isn't generally long enough like the the uh the wads you know they're what like 10 to 20 minutes at most so there's especially for endurance athletes who are used to you know longer sessions Generally speaking, that's not enough to really crush you completely. Like definitely not metabolically. You just can't burn enough mm-hmm. glycogen in that amount of time to, um, to really put yourself in a hole or to dehydrate you or anything. But from a neuromuscular perspective, for sure. Because, you know, you were saying you, that it forces you to go all out, which of course it does. And that's a lot of like, you know, foot on the gas, FTP test style of exertion. Um, and again, it's not a huge amount of time, but it's, it, it will have some kind of knock on effects. And then what you were talking about being, you know, super sore for the next little bit, then obviously if you've got, if you've got delayed onset muscle soreness, you're, you're hurting, you're not going to be able to do, you're not going to be very useful, uh, swim bike running, um, after that. So, a couple discussion points there. Um,
1: And this is from my own experience, so take it with a grain of salt. But you had mentioned the, um, you know, digging deep is not necessarily the best workout for everyone. But uh, what I will say is, from a personal standpoint, that is when I was fastest, when I was doing actually self-coaching but um i was going to almost that 10 out of 10 level throwing in a recovery workout every so often but almost going to that 10 out of 10 level all the time um now in retrospect i know that i was probably much more likely to do uh to injure myself and to cause long-term problems and maybe it was because i was younger that i was able to um to recover faster from it so maybe i wouldn't benefit from it now but I think figuring out what kind of athlete you are and what you respond best to, um, there's, there's something to be said for that as well. Because some people really respond well to the long, slow distance workouts. Um, and that's something that I tried for a couple of years. And it was okay, but I never saw any improvements in my FTP or anything like that. Interesting. And it just didn't my, – my ability to sustain power for a long period of time didn't significantly change. So it became easier at the four or five hour mark, but, um, but it didn't really allow me to push higher power numbers than, uh, than, than when I was previously doing the, the super intense workouts. So yeah, and the, the caveat that I do want to throw in there is like that kind of workout can definitely lead to injury or stress fractures or all these other issues. So it's probably not the smartest thing to do all the time, but I do know that from my own standpoint, my body seemed to react best to that. Um, and maybe it's because I have more of a glycolytic based metabolism, um, as we were discussing previously with the uh, um, the CrossFit being that kind of stimulus.
0: But like, even if you're even if you're like a glycolytic monster, it's not it's not going to make such a difference. You know, like the, the, just it's the short term nature of, of the glycolytic, uh, metabolism, like j- just the, the short, the fact of the fact that it, you can only maintain it for so long, even if you are very good and you can, so a very well-developed glycolytic metabolism will allow you to, to, to perform repeated bouts, for instance, of, uh, of high intensity stuff. So for instance, if you were, if you were crit racing, right? So you've got, you know, uh, attack, recover, attack, recover, mm-hmm. chase, recover, chase, recover. Perfect for it. You do need a glycolytic engine for it a hundred percent, but there's no, time in, 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 you know, triathlon, let's say, where you would, where that style of, where that kind of, where glycolytically dominant metabolism is going to help you really. There's just, you know, up to a certain point, you need it for sure. Cause if it's, if it's super suppressed then you run into issues, but to have it like well-developed or very well-developed, I would see I mean, maybe somebody can correct me, but I see no value in it. As far as what sort of training stimulus um, results in in your you know your optimal development, that's there's there's definitely an interesting discussion there because certainly some folks tend to be um, tend to do better with with one style of training versus the other, um, and it does depend a little bit. I think on like you know the spectrum of your of your muscle your natural muscle fiber types. Um, and I think it's important to consider dosage. I mean, I know it's important to consider dosage. And by that, I mean, what's the, the minimal effective dose? You know, I I keep throwing that, that phrase around because it's, it's just so relevant. But, um, you know, if you're doing, let's say you're doing every other workout at a 10 out of 10 or a nine out of 10 intensity, which I kind of actually doubt because that's generally not very possible. It's not truly nine out of 10, 10 out of 10. Um, but let's say you're going all out, whatever that all out happens to be on the day, um, whether or not you could get the same training benefit with doing it once a week. Um, I think that's a very relevant question to ask. And I would, in my experience, I would definitely throw in with the, the once a week approach rather than the every other day approach, just based on, you know, the evidence in both the literature, but also my own experience with myself and with, with, um, and folks I work with that. Uh, judicious use of that kind of very high intensity work yields better results. Mm-hmm.
1: The other point I wanted to dig down on was the the soreness that I'm feeling right now. And what I've really noticed, and the same happened kind of with my triathlon career as well. So when I was doing shorter events before going over to the Ironman distance, I could I could do a sprint race or um maybe to a lesser extent an Olympic, but especially one of the super sprint races. And that was uh and the super sprinters is also like to give it a try. The uh what is that, the 350 meter swim plus
0: yeah, 10k bike and two
1: and a half K run? Like that one was that was one where you you dig super deep, but it's it's also just over a half hour um that I was coming in at. So it was um It was over very quickly, but it was also like going right to the the bottom of the well there. Um, But I also found that the next day I could still put in a quality workout. So maybe that's my physiology is I could recover from it. Um, But it was still like that was some of the best racing I had done um, based on that training stimulus I was giving myself.
0: No, I think think basically, so that's not that if you're training quite a bit, it's very, it's much easier to recover from a sprint than from even like an all out, you know, threshold effort for an hour sprint than it is from an iron man for most people. Mm, That's mm-hmm. for sure. That's for sure a thing. Um, especially if you're fairly well-trained, right. And, uh, and maybe it's possible that you're maybe better suited phys- physiologically to, um, to sprint distance racing than, than iron distance racing. That's entirely possible. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, there, I would say, you know, if you're those, are, those are difficult things to compare, you know, if you're if you're training for a sprint, and you were doing sprint specific training, and then compared to when you're training for an Ironman and doing Ironman specific training, obviously, you're going to be probably a little bit slower at the sprint, when you're doing Ironman specific training.
1: Yeah, and and that makes perfect sense. It's just the, the um, specialization that you're doing. But uh, the the, the point I wanted to make was about the recovery times from CrossFit as well, where I actually noticed that once I got into it, there was initially the delayed onset muscle soreness that I was experiencing, but that was mostly just because I hadn't done these movements for a long time and I wasn't activating those certain muscles. So that disappeared fairly quickly. The first two or three weeks were a little bit slow getting into it, and then it became much easier. And yes, I would be sore – well, not even sore, but just fatigued right after the workout. But the next day I was basically – ready to go. And, Mm -hmm. um, just in terms of my whole body wellness, I felt much better when I was doing this. Um, so just stronger, more energy. Um, and I've actually, uh, I think I had mentioned this offline to Michael, but, um, with working from home, I've been struggling with ergonomics as well. Um, so a lot of the soreness from just either sitting or standing at a desk all day, that actually started to go away as I was doing CrossFit more. So it's that functional strength which seems to help me quite a bit. And again, maybe different people react differently to it, but um, there were a lot of other side benefits that I was experiencing.
0: But also you went from from doing no train no strength training to CrossFit. So there's a lot of, as as I was saying, there's a lot of benefits for sure to doing strength training, a functional strength training. Um and the first two parts of the CrossFit workout is something that I'm a huge fan of. That's the, mm-hmm. you know, to remind listeners the mobility and the strength. Um, and so it would be interesting to know whether or not, like, which. So remember, guys, that I'm taking issue only with the last component of a CrossFit session, the the uh, the wod, uh, and the first two parts, I'm a huge fan of. Generally, if it's if they're administered well, and so it's hard to know, Andrew, in your case, whether you know it's hard to decouple whether or not it's the whether or not the, this well being that you're feeling, the kind of the the increase in muscle. Muscle mass, maybe, and then in increase in strength, and the reduction in soreness from the ergonomic challenges you've been experiencing. Whether those positive effects are coming from the you know the first part of the workout or the, or the last part of the workout, um, it's hard to say, right?
1: Yeah, and I do have a little bit of context for that as well because I had been doing some strength training with my triathlon training last year, but that was when the world was much more normal, um, so mm-hmm. I was going out and I was still. Fairly active now. It's to the point where yeah, I don't really need to leave the house. And given that the there's a second or third wave, depending on where you are, um, there's the incentive to not leave the house currently. So um, for me, it becomes a very <laughs> confined life. You don't get that chance to walk around as much. Uh, so having having that outlet is fantastic, but I had experienced that previously with some of the strength training I was doing and definitely the strength training in general seems to help that um, so having that extra stimulus that extra um, it could be a combination of stretching and just more muscle activation. Uh, and just I would think it's the up. strength
0: training yeah it's the strength training would be would be my guess It's like that there's because that's the evidence that you know you, there's a lot of that that feeling of well-being that feeling of strength and like Healthiness that comes from from lifting heavy things, right? And, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you make it sound very caveman there.
0: Yes, lifting well, heavy things. Um, <laughs> so I'm definitely a big fan of that. I, I think there's I think there's a very um, there's an a, that strength training plays an important role in well in life, but um, specifically in endurance training. I think we agree on that part of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we could we could talk about and debate the different uh, aspects of this, but I think we probably covered the main points that we want to. Um, mm-hmm. And i provided it from my non-technical, non-physiological standpoint um, where I think that personally I like the idea of it. Um, you brought up some excellent points about, are you training the wrong metabolic pathway? Um, and we both recognize the fact that the uh, the, the form can be critical. Um, not only is it bad, but it can be or bad in terms of just not achieving the, the results you want, but you could actually injure yourself quite badly. Um, and, and even some of the, some of the exercises, um, I've heard about some pretty nasty, um, injuries from, from doing box jumps where you just don't quite make the edge of the box. And then you have a wooden box that runs along your shin and just, you need stitches and you're off for weeks. Um, I've also heard about people doing something as innocuous as chin-ups or pull-ups, uh, where they tear open calluses on their hands and, uh, and then, you combine open wounds with probably not a surgical level of cleanliness. <laughs> I can <laughs> go out there and say that, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, you you get all sorts of nasty bacteria in there, and you can end up with massive infections, uh, which will further derail any any gains you're making um so that's obviously a huge concern as well so you have to take into account some of these risks and and offset them with the uh the benefits that you might be getting yeah um for sure. there's there's some good stuff that can come out of it um there's some bad stuff that can come out of it just like anything else but um at the very least, I'm glad we had the discussion.
0: Absolutely, I think these things are always worth talking about. And uh, unlike some things in life, there are two sides to this story, right? Like there are two two sides that that should be you know considered. Uh, for folks who are considering CrossFit, uh, I'm not going to say not don't do it unless I coach you, in which case <laughs> no. don't do it. <laughs> um, there, I think there are better ways to go out there. Plus, if you most most people I coach are in Toronto, and you're you're you shit out of luck it. anywhere yeah. for, for the next little bit. Um, but the, if you're, if you're going to do it, um, you know, option one was just not to do the, the, uh, the wad or to do it at a much lower intensity and just like kind of stow your ego. Um, and then otherwise CrossFit's great. Um, and then it's also, it's, and if you're going to go after the wad, it's a really good idea to be very, very competent with the movements that you're doing. Very competent because of that, that risk of injury.
1: I really like that recommendation of stowing your ego, um, as, You know, a pretty type A group of people, triathletes or endurance athletes, um, they're not often willing to do that. But I think that if you just take the step back and say, yeah, I don't need to be the fastest person doing this, or I don't need to be the strongest person, then you're going to have a much better time overall um, because you're going to be doing it safer. You're going to probably realize more benefit from it. Maybe you don't get that intense feeling of competition, which is admittedly something that I do quite enjoy. But, um, but there's going to be a lot of side benefits, and then every once in a while, maybe you can push yourself when it's a workout that's not going to be prone to injury
0: yeah, that's it, and I think that's that's really good advice like if you're going if it's going to be one of your one of your go go big days, then then you can do it if it's not going to interfere with your swim bike run schedule. But if your swim bike runs on hold or if it's like if you're kind of in transition or an off season then yeah it's it's worth checking out because it is a fun way to train and there are a lot of really really talented really good coaches that are that are working in, in gyms uh, all over the world and uh, uh, hopefully you find one that knows what they're doing and that that that'll help you who will help you keep it safe and keep it fun and and re- see some real tangible benefits to your triathlon career
1: and I would actually go out there and not not painting things with too broad a brush but um, the gyms that are no longer associated with crossfit I would say they actually probably have more more in common with my own personal viewpoint on things. And they may be the ones you want to focus on because they've taken a stand for the, um, the, the terrible things that their former CEO, uh, had said. And those might be the people who are willing to, um, step outside and, and not push you in terms of the, the traditional, um, you know, must complete as fast as possible. And they may be more focused on form, mm-hmm. but again, that could be a, an overly general statement, but, um, but maybe a way to, to help assess the, uh, the overall si- the, um, the quality of the gym. So, But I, I have nothing to back that up. That's purely speculation, but just a thought from me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, what do you think? Wrap it up here?
1: I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Um, it'd be interesting to hear some feedback from our listeners as well, just to, to hear their thoughts on CrossFit, like how many people are involved. Um, do they share the same opinions that we have? Maybe there's another standpoint that we hadn't considered yeah Um, so I'd be I'd be keen to hear that as well
0: absolutely there you go listeners if you uh, send us your questions at uh, podcast.eitech.com or uh, or any or you can find us on uh, on our website on social Um, if you like the show rate and review please uh, tell your friends tell them what you learned Uh, feel free to send us like I said any any hate mail about your disagreement with my uh, dislove of CrossFit um, and yeah If you really like the show, consider supporting us uh, on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash innovation. Thanks for listening.
1: I just wanted to gauge my response based on am I talking to an audience or am I talking to you?
0: (laughs) You're allowed to curse, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's just other personal (laughs) details that we're going to come into it. Oh, Um, fair.